Hello, Probers. Me say howdy, me say howdy, me say howdy. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to But It Was Aliens, the only extraterrestrial comedy podcast bringing you the truth from all corners of the ball-shaped planet we call Earth and beyond. What kind of balls are you talking about when you say ball-shaped? Balls. Have you, have I will let you interpret that as you will. Well, I'm obviously going to interpret it as balls. Have you ever wondered why balls are called balls? Because they're shaped like balls. But are they really? What would you call them? Sack of nuts. <laughs> really big nuts. Walnuts. You, the dear listener, are incredibly lucky, or unlucky as the case may be, to have this probe brought to you by two of the most inexperienced, experienced MIBs <laughs> in MIB history. I'm your host this week, Moonwalker, and accompanying me, as always, is the trustworthy Greybeard. Indeed. We are here to let you know that what these people thought they saw, they did not see. Or did they? Uh, yeah. I'm I'm very confused by that statement. I feel that we, in fact, I'd like to rewind there and just advise that you are absolutely correct. I am definitely trustworthy. Thank you for acknowledging me. You're welcome. I feel that these people always saw what they did see. But did they? Did they not? Who knows? We do. We're about to. As always, our case is going to take us back in time. This time we travel back to when Greybeard was a wee little top to the <laughs> summer feel it coming. of 1967. You son of a gun. And we are back in Texas. It's March 31st, the last day of the greatest month of all time. What, March 67? It's 9.30pm. I am unable to set the mood as I'm unaware of if it would have been dark around this kind of time in Texas back then. So I'll tell you what, probers, including you, Greybeard, put down your whiskies, lattes, hot chocolates, wines and pints. Close your eyes and picture if you will. It's a dark spring night. You're sat at the wheel of your pickup truck, leaving your father's farm. You have the windows down, you feel the warm air circulating through the truck. The only sound you hear is the rattle of the engine as you turn the key and head down the farm path. You turn the corner and... Fuck it. He could see lights. It was dark. Relax, probers. It was dark. You can pick up your bevs now. You, you never mentioned rum in that, so I never dropped. Yeah. All right, rum bum. Carol Watts had done exactly what I'd asked you to do and en route to his own farm after leaving his father's <laughs> what? <laughs> what? his own farm Carol yeah that's an interesting name yes I've never met a male identifying Carol well you may not have met this one but you're being introduced to this one. Nice to meet you, Carol. I respect your decision. So after leaving his father's, 
he noticed the lights at a farm building ahead. This farm building didn't belong to him or his father, so you wouldn't think that this would be unusual. But Carol knew that this farm was abandoned. What would you do in this situation, Greybeard? How does Carol know that the farm building is abandoned? Maybe it's because been abandoned for several years. That and it's may be the case. But if it's not one that Carol or Carol's father owns, that's quite a snap judgment to make. If it's owned by someone else, it could now be unabandoned at any point. Or it could be squatters, in which case I'm thinking they're doing no harm. Let them have their fun in there. I'm not going in there to disturb that. I don't need that building. That's not mine. Aren't you a nice chap? Well, I'm mainly thinking of my own personal safety because it might not be pleasant squatters. It might be violent mafia (laughs) criminals in there. Aren't you a clever chappy? (laughs) I'd say more cowardly, but (laughs) also, what, what is it that occurred to me? When you were talking us through being at the wheel of our pickup truck, leaving our father's farm. I wonder how many of our listeners are in those circumstances. They own a pickup (laughs) truck, their father owns a farm, because I feel like that uh, listener base is probably going to be quite offended by some of the accents we do. They might do, but we haven't done any yet. Damn right, we haven't done any yet. (laughs) Harold fucking what? I just happened to glance at the research notes and Mr. Moonwalker has slapped in a picture of Carol Baskin looking her ever glamorous self. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Carol thought that this light could be, would be, trespassers. So he slowly drove his truck towards the building, trying not to alert those nearby. He cut the lights and switched the engine off. I'm sorry, I'm assuming he did this because it would be rather, it would be the smart thing to do, but I have no details that he did exactly that. He then proceeds to get out of the truck and head closer on foot. Did he have a gun? I don't know. Did he have any weapon of any kind? I don't know. Was he stupid? or brave I'll let you probers decide well we know from previous experience of probing farmers that they usually go to battle with axes (laughs) so I'm assuming Carol has an axe but on that note several assumptions already here (laughs) I'm, I'm feeling that you may not have a huge amount of sources for this one and there might be a lot of gaps that you're having to fill in. What if I was just feeling extra saucy while I was writing it? Just wanted to add a little bit of flavour. So you've said that you're sorry you're assuming. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was. (laughs) (laughs) Intriguing. I'm going to label this one as it currently stands as slightly stupid. I feel like Carol could have left this. Carol had no business going here. But Carol can't help himself. No, he can't. As Carol approached, his gaze soon met something he truly wasn't expecting. A cow man! Mew. 
Under cows. <laughs> Under moo. A large grey bullet shaped object. Vibrator. He. <laughs> Come on. He couldn't grasp <laughs> exactly how large the object was. So he had to investigate. Oh, Carol. This object wasn't just sitting on the ground idly. It was hovering slightly off the ground. It's vibrating with some real power. <laughs> Undeterred, Carol continued to get closer and closer. As he did, he noticed something. On the side of the object was a door. What? So... He knocked. How big was this thing? Unsure of what to expect, he waited. And then the door opened. Making some really silly decisions. Before he could see anything, he heard something. <laughs> something mechanical in nature. <laughs> A voice, unemotional. It asked... Are you ready to submit to a rigorous physical examination? Oh, come on! A rigorous physical examination? <laughs> Carol asked why he should take the examination. The voice countered. If you should pass, you can take a flight with us. This being, who we have no description of, just yet pointed Carol towards a machine and told him stand before it and the rigorous examination would begin would you have taken the rigorous examination Kevin mm. so I wouldn't have got to this point I need to establish that before I answer that question but were I silly enough to enter this love bean building at this point, uh, you probably don't have much choice in the matter, so yes or no. <laughs> Kev's stomach rumbled. <laughs> I would not say yes. <laughs> I'd leg it. Apparently he was lying. Uh, we got to start eating before we do this show. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't have taken it. I'd have liked it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd have been gone. <laughs> so wish you would have answered the other way. Uh. The, the voice would have been like, come back. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Fancy knocking on a giant bean, whatever you said it looked like. I've forgotten already, Jesus. Giant door? Yeah. <coughs> well, no, he knocked on the door. Yeah, bullet. The door to the bullet, that's the one. How could I forget? <laughs> so Carol declined their kind offer. Ah, uh, there we go. And again, the voice replied, the others had passed the test and taken flights with them Obviously, by doing so. it's going to say that. <laughs> Carol claims there was an arrogance in its voice. They also told him that they were stationed all over the world and are able to come and go as they please without any resistance. No one can stop them. I was going to query the arrogance there, but the end of that line... Has kind of evidenced the arrogance. Yeah, no one can stop us. So take the test. I'm going to make you do it anyway. Come on. <laughs> Come on, guy. 
So I'm now wondering what this rigorous examination is going to be. Are we talking like they're going to ask him to deadlift or are they going to stick things inside of Carol? Rigorous examination. Got to be some nudity involved at the very least, surely. Otherwise, how are they really examining Carol? I'm expecting a tape measure to come out. Would you still take the examination? Hell no! (laughs) (laughs) My junk's staying covered up, son. It's cold out there. It's not not because I'm embarrassed. Just, I'm thinking of the aliens. Like, it's been a hot day, cold night. Don't want to, like, no one wants to smell sweaty balls, do they? No. I mean, I'm not saying I've got sweaty balls, but... (laughs) <laughs> just just in case. And it's indecent exposure, isn't it? I mean, who wants to see that? What so if they it's, did? it's not that I'm... Sorry? What if they did? Well, they don't know what they're getting <laughs> themselves in for. I'm thinking of them. You're thinking of their well-being. Mm-hmm. If you say so. Carol was a little uneasy about what he'd just heard. But it hadn't shaken his resolve. Resolute in his decision... Carol again declined their offer and left immediately. He got into his car, started it up, and as he turned the lights on, he witnessed the craft with the door closed, rise up into the air, and it flew away without making a single sound. Carol would then go on to report what had happened. His report was made to Altus Air Force Base. The Air Force Base decided to send out two Air Force personnel to meet with Carol and it's at this point that we would learn something new this wasn't the first reported incident from Carol (laughs) really 10 days earlier on the 21st of the greatest month of all time March 1967 Carol and his wife Rosemary had witnessed a jet moving through the sky without wings As Carol stared at the object, he could make out its cylindrical shape distinctly. Bullet shape. As the object was out of sight, it was pretty much out of mind. Until later that day, the object returned. Barely 200 feet from the ground, it's estimated that it was moving roughly around 500... (laughs) (laughs) One million dollars. <laughs> I'd just like to add here that Moonwalker is showing me his research notes as he's going through this, and it states quite clearly 50 miles per hour. <laughs> 500. <laughs> 500 <laughs> miles per hour. What was that about filling in the blanks? <laughs> oh, prick. <laughs> It was estimated (laughs) it was moving roughly 50 miles per hour. Somewhere between 50 and 500. We can't be sure. He reported seeing an oblong window alongside the craft and described it being approximately 100 foot long and 10 foot wide. That's the entire craft, not the oblong window. Mm -hmm. It was mere seconds before the object vanished out of sight. No sound and no signs of propulsion from an engine. Furthermore, it left no evidence of its course, 
not a single vapour trail. Oh, you push me away, then you pull me back in. We've got a repeat sighter or experiencer here, which can sometimes make you suspicious because are they looking for attention? But then on the other hand, I suppose, do they live in an area of heightened activity? So you, you make me doubt their credibility and then you tell me the craft disappeared without any sign of propulsion. Ooh, ooh. Now I just... <laughs> now you're making me suspicious again. <laughs> With your fishing signs. Ooh, I just don't know if I'm coming or going. So was this potentially the same craft? Potentially. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> I mean, they said they're all over the world, so I suppose they didn't specify that they're not doubling up in this particular location. I'm now wondering what Carol has done to upset these people. Was that even the first experience? Potentially. Was it the last experience? We're going to have like 80 by the end of this episode, aren't we? Then Carol called up to say Carol had seen it again. <laughs> Carol would go on. To encounter this craft again <laughs> and again. No! No! Also, yes! On the encounter on the 11th of April, 1967. Fine month. It would be much more intense with the occupants of the craft. They made him do that rigorous physical examination. They are described as being humanoid. Around four to five foot in height. Who are? With, and I quote, wrap around eyes and mouths that didn't move as they spoke. They went all the way around the head? How are he, they connected? Carol was invited to sit in a chair which moulded to his body. This gave Carol a sinking feeling. But what happened next is something new to even us with all our investigative experience. Okay, I'm listening. The chair teleported him to another room, and this room was possibly on a different craft altogether. Carol was stripped naked Here we go. and examined by several of the humanoid creatures. There comes the tape measure. Called it. They inserted several small wires into different parts of his body. Oh no. And when they'd completed the examination, they all gathered around a screen. The screen is like an x-ray with just outline in white of his penis. As this happened, Carol reached over and took a souvenir. A strange cube-like device in which he slid into his pocket. What? As he did, one of the creatures appeared beside him, relieved him of the cube, and he blacked out. That sounds really familiar. I'm sure we've covered someone before who did the exact same thing. In an early episode, I'm going to have to go back and listen. I really can't remember it. You are, because I can't remember that. Whoa. So we've got a teleporting chair... We do. I mean, we've had teleporting cases like the, um, was it the Nunes boys who went to Mars? But weren't they just picked up? Hookers and beer. Hmm. <laughs> what about the one with the alien brains when they suddenly appeared in the craft? Bloody hell, that was a while ago. Yeah, we've really got to go listen and back to refresh our memories and all this stuff that we've covered in great detail and know all about being the expert investigators that we are. Precisely. But, mmm, moulded to a chair. Damn you, email. 
That's the MIB sound. <laughs> You've said too much. <laughs> Shut down the show. Where did they insert the wires? Do we know this? Not precisely. So it's wires, not wire. Mm -hmm. So they've inserted them in several orifices, you would assume. Is it one in each ear, one in each nostril, one in the belly button? <laughs> and oh, I'm going to end there. What Who knows the... if they were in the skin or in holes? Well, how can you... Surely you'd be stabbing to make a hole to insert. But you would be creating, not placing within. Would you say insert if you're creating a hole to stick it in? Or would you add Would you more... create the hole first and then insert the wire? That's what I'm thinking. They'd say or they... are you inserting or at into least... already made holes? At least they'd say forced it in. <laughs> I want to know what this cube is I think as he well. just got probed. Yeah, he's definitely taken one in the bar, hasn't he? Bless him. Or maybe he likes that. Maybe. Carol awoke to find himself back in the chair and back in the original room he was in before the examination. Carol asked the figures in front of him what the examination was for. He was simply told, We are conducting a survey. <laughs> Carol wanted more than that. So he asked them to elaborate. He was told it was to make complete maps of the planet. Carol was smarter than they thought, and he managed to get more information out of them. These four foot five motherfuckers were taking precautionary measures in case we, the human race, developed and became a space traveling species. Knowing human tendency to start war, this is when these guys would step in. The only other thing Carol was able to ascertain was that the being which answered his question was 162 years old. How did Carol ascertain the age? Does Carol mean that Carol asked how old he was and they said, yes, I am 162 years old? If he said that, and they gave him the answer, would he not have ascertained that knowledge? Well, I'm just a little bit suspicious at this point because you mentioned that Carol was... Fucking Baskin. <laughs> Carol was smarter than they thought. This sounds very much like Carol's own words, bigging Carol up to be geni, <laughs> genius level. <laughs> Like, what actually happened is Carol was sat on this, this moulded chair with wires up his butt. They were, it was like watching a hypnotist show. They were telling Carol to do all sorts of things. Carol was powerless to do anything. But when Carol gets back down on the planet, Carol's like, yeah, I showed them what for. I was smarter than they knew. I was only playing along. I let them put that in my butt. Maybe, maybe not. Should we find out? Earlier, I mentioned that there were other incidents. One of those incidents produced evidence. Evidence, Kevin. If you'd like to scroll. <laughs> what am I looking at? <laughs> it's a black and white picture of what looks like a, cro a cross between a crayon and a bullet vibrator in the sky. Very, very large. It's the length... Well, actually, I, I don't know. It depends on the scale. It could be really close to the photo and be literally bullet-sized. <laughs> or it could be very far away, in which case it's the length of about... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. About 20 trees. Thick. 
girthy. So what am I looking at? <laughs> Evidence. Who took this? Where was it taken? What is it? <laughs> you son of a gun. There's another picture of Carol fucking Baskin. How, how is that? You can't just show me a picture of Carol Baskin and claim it's evidence. I need to know more about the evidence. Who took it? When? Did Carol even take this evidence? Do you even know? <laughs> Googled bullet UFO and seen what's come up. It's got a weird tip to it, hasn't it? It's slightly thinner at the base than it is at the top. I, don't, I can't think of a non-adult way to describe the shape. I'm oh, just going to have to say, it looks like a penis. A, um, an uncut penis, shall we say. So what you're witnessing is one of seven Polaroids that Kevin and his wife took. Kevin? Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married to Carol now. And Carol is the wife. I'd just like to apologise profusely to my partner, who is going to have lots of questions after this episode is released. <laughs> what happened is I got really drunk one weekend, popped to Vegas quickly, an overnight ticket, got married to Carol, came back in 1967. <laughs> you, you scroll to the next photo and it's me with my arm round Carol. <laughs> holding the bullet in the other hand wry smile on my face okay so what we're seeing is one of seven polaroids that carol and his wife rosemary took of the ufo carol you cheated on me damn it and apparently they took a picture of an alien did they? But I couldn't find that. What? Surely that would be easier to find than the bullet. But this bullet picture, it's evidence. I mean, it's not, if we're honest. <laughs> that could be anything. And it, <laughs> there's nothing in that picture to suggest that it's real. Someone could have just thrown a crayon right in front of the camera lens and they've taken a photo. Evidence. Evidence of bad photo, yes. Now this is the part of the probe where we turn to science and scepticism. Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Did he? Claimed that if this was a hoax, that it would be such a clever hoax that it would almost be as interesting as what the farmer claims happened to him. Really? Well, Carol himself would come out and claim that this was all a hoax. He tried to hoodwink. Hoodwink? Hoodwink? What's a hoodwink? <laughs> Ramble reaches behind him and pulls out a hoodie. Casually slips it over his head. Starts chugging away. He tried to hoodwink his scrabbles. You could wank yourself. This dirty little scound. But wait. Uh-huh. Carol had allegedly, truthfully, been beaten up, shot at, threatened, and more. 
since his claim was made. And claims he had every intention of proving his story credible until the threats became too real. My cereal? I'm super cereal. Carol cried hoax to save his family. Carol realised at this point that he'd stumbled onto something much more and it would have further it would have further implications than he could ever imagine. Carol was due to meet with Edward Condon and allegedly truthfully, Condon and his goons misplaced his original Polaroid photos. Condon also advised Carol to keep quiet. Following this, Carol was due to take a polygraph test, but on the way, he had a machine gun pulled on him and he was ordered to fail the test on purpose. When he took the test, Carol failed it. And it's clear to see why. Yeah, it is. Outrageous. And uh, there is a newspaper clipping there for you. Test flunks little grey Martians. Is that Carol in the the picture? picture Carol, yes. Carol looks a little bit like a potato. (laughs) With tiny little ears. Bless. He definitely looks like he's just spun a yarn in that picture. He's like side-eyeing, like, oh, did I say that? Yes, I did. Whilst at home one day, a Mib car drove past his house and opened fire. (laughs) According to the source I got this info from... There's got to be evidence... And according to Carol's internal credit, he retaliated by opening fire with his carbine, but hit nothing. None of Carol's family was hurt in the shooting, and he notified the authorities, but there was no evidence that they did anything. There's also no evidence that he called them. Are they not bullets? So, as you can see, Greybeard... Just walk over my question, that's fine. With everything that had happened to him... You could see why he came out and claimed it was a hoax. He did it to protect his family. This incident cost him everything. His wife, kids, wealth, health. And he also ended up behind bars. Carol Watts ended up a broken man. I need to understand more about that statement. Did he have kids? He did. And what happened? His wife left him. And took the kids. And took the kids. Did he have money? He must have. What do you mean he must have? He might have had a little. <laughs> How much is a little? I mean. He had a fiver? He had a farm. He lost his farm. Lost his wealth. Did he have a farm? Or yeah, did his dad farm. have a farm? No, he had his own farm. Did he? He lost his wealth. How did he lose Again, his farm? I don't know if it means his farm. <laughs> <laughs> might, have meant, might have meant a tenner. What health did he lose? Uh, mental. What type of mental health difficulties did he experience, may I ask, with respect? Let's just say that I don't know. (laughs) And uh, shuffle on. (laughs) All right, good wanker. Let's just roll back a little bit to all these claims of gunfire. Yep. Now, that would be pretty easy to gather evidence for. It would. So where are the evidence of bullet holes, round casings on the floor? 
did he lose those along with his wealth and health? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's 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 arguable that the Mibs could have got in there and cleared up the evidence and um, bipped. Precisely. Neuralised everyone could around. Could have told him that he was crazy when they neuralised him. Remind me, did you say that the Condon Committee were on board with this or...? Apparently they um, misplaced, in quotation marks, his Polaroids. Mm. So they're trying to argue that it's real when it's not, essentially, by misplacing them. They're covering up the evidence with which to challenge the case and clarify that it wasn't real, aren't they? I mean, I don't want to turn on this case, but... It's pretty freaking outrageous, isn't it? <laughs> he lost his wealth, his health. <laughs> Did he get his kids back? Do we know? We don't know. Is he alive? Who knows? I suppose he'd be in, what, his 70s, potentially, if not older. If not younger. Who knows how old he was when this happened? Well, he's got to be an adult. He might have been 18 with a farm. He's got to be in his 80s, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did the mental math after saying that. I was like, <laughs> oh, you dickhead. <laughs> so to summarise. Do we have to? <laughs> we have Carol Watts, who upon leaving his father's farm noticed a light near a... a ba- <laughs> what is going on with you today? <laughs> noticed a light near an abandoned farm. He slowly drives up and investigates. He's shocked to discover that what he initially thought was a group of trespassers is a silver bullet-shaped craft of unknown origin. Mm, I know the origin. Carol decides to take a closer look and finds a door on the craft. He knocks and waits. The door opens and is accompanied by a mechanical voice who offers him a rigorous examination in exchange for a flight with them. Carol declines. The voice makes the offer again and points to the machine that he must stand in front of. He declines again. This time the voice informs him that others have taken the trip and the examination. They then explain to him that they are stationed all over the world and can do what they please. Carol declines again, gets in his car, watches as the ship leaves and goes home to report it. We then find out that this isn't the first time Carol has seen the craft and that he'd made a report to the authorities along with his wife 10 days earlier. We then discover that he is visited again in April and this time he didn't have the option to decline the examination. He was stripped and examined and when he asked why, he was told that they were doing a survey and making a map of the complete planet. Carol was too smart for them and got them to tell him their real reason, which was knowing human penchant for war. If we became a space-travelling species, they would step in. That's the most believable part of this case. I think you'll find all of it that's believable. (laughs) There was another instance when a ship was spotted outside Carol's house. He took several pictures. We then took a look at the science and scepticism of this case. And there was a lot of it. From beatings and threats, Condon deliberately misplacing the Polaroids, (laughs) see, machine guns being pulled on him, and MIB shootouts, and the blurry alien pic that we never saw. 
the failed lie detector test and the man that called hoax to protect his family. So, Greybeard, was this a hoax or can you safely drop your balls on this one being aliens? Right. So a couple of things. Protect his family. The family left him. Maybe he wasn't good en- or not good enough. Maybe he couldn't protect them as much as he thought. Maybe just calling it a hoax wasn't enough. The Mibs were on. The dark side of the Mib. <laughs> Maybe the family thought, oh, just, just leave it. Just leave it, Carol. And got fed up and left. Meanwhile... There's no way if these Meanwhile, aliens... on extraterrestrial towers. There's no way that these all-powerful aliens are accepting his declining of a rigorous physical examination. But they, they didn't. Uh, they came and got him oh, again. Oh, they did again. But I'm saying the first time when he declined it and left. Maybe they were that just That ain't like, how that went down. Maybe they were like, we'll fucking get you. Don't you worry. They were like, we know where you live. Motherfucker. They've been been sticking him the fingers for months. What if they actually said, we won't ask again, (laughs) motherfucker. Uh, There's just... And I took him. There's so, so much. We didn't even really get into the lie detector test that he failed. On purpose. He had a machine gun. How, how can you fail one on purpose? They'd they'd error it, and it wouldn't be discernible as to which way it went if you were trying to fake it. What if he just said, "If they went, did you really see a UFO?" And he just went, "Nah, mate." Was it? I saw ten. <sighs> I can't remember if it was Romanik or someone else who answered the questions with like maybes and whatnot, wouldn't answer the questions straight. That's how you get out of a lie detector test. Maybe that's what he did. But it's not saying that it was inconclusive because he refused to answer the questions. Maybe they just put failed. Saying he straight up failed it. Inconclusive. I I don't know why we're getting into the the details of it. Clearly this one, (laughs) I'm not saying that it was aliens. The shootout. I want to know more about the shootout. How did that go down? I can imagine it like Rambo, Carol versus the world. So, I cannot tell you because I honestly don't think this is aliens either. This was... This is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. That's not the biggest load of bullshit I've (laughs) ever heard, but it is a load of bullshit. You probably could have sold this one a lot harder. It was very clear from the start. You did not (laughs) believe the shit you were spouting at all. (laughs) So, yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't. This was this was not aliens. This was a guy that did he just want to be famous? I, I don't know his reasoning behind it. But it's clearly a made-up story. But. <laughs> Don't you fuck <laughs> this one. When I was researching it, yes. I found a page which t- um, I used for the science and scepticism. Mm-hmm. And um, they were really fighting his case. Like, to the point where I thought, is this him? 
like writing about this because they were going mm. on about how everything was against him and that it was all these other people that were lying and he was telling the truth and, and he's every, really intelligent everything like that and i was like he's wrote this hasn't he yeah he's probably what? sent a self-authored article into like a magazine or something that's been picked up and um the there was a part in there where they mentioned um condon and they called him condom and his cronies <laughs> oh, no. and i was like ah oh, this is this is so bullshit yeah but they were fighting his case anyway i think he probably thought there was more money in making these types of claims than there actually is i think we see that with cases quite regularly where people make these claims thinking they'll become famous and they'll get like movie deals and whatnot whereas actually that barely ever happens do you think um he made the case up and then just got far too much exposure like more than he thought he would get like just from paparazzi and once he realized the money wasn't there it kept on going and he was a he was ridiculed and he just kind of wanted to get out of it so he just that's why he came clean he's fed up with the stigma well Thank you for joining us this week, probers. As we probe the case of Carol fucking Watts and his extraterrestrial experience. Let us know if you agree with us on this case or if you think this was a serious case of extraterrestrial goings on. You don't, do you? You don't. You can find us on Facebook at But It Was Aliens. We also have the Facebook group Extraterrestrial Towers. All are welcome. We're on Instagram at But It Was Aliens Podcast. And you can also find us on Twitter at But It Was Aliens. We have a Patreon at Patreon forward slash But It Was Aliens, where you can get access to bonus episodes where we side probe cases outside of the extraterrestrial. Oh, yeah. I have been Moonwalker, and he has been Greybeard. Remember, Protect your butt. The truth is up there. Hash tag. I'm going to get a rum. <laughs> <laughs>